Connection through conversation. Join self-described conversationalist Stacy Heller as she talks with guests about topics and ideas that are sometimes informational, sometimes inspirational, and always entertaining on Stacy Connects. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Stacy Heller and this of course is Stacy Connects. This show is about making connections through conversations. It is about asking questions instead of making assumptions. And it is about engaging with the elephant in any room. In the room today, I have JD Winnikin, good oh, friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Eric is here. I mean, he's always here. You're like my mainstay. One of these days, I'll get a vacation like you. Yeah, because yeah, right now, folks, I am hopefully in Portugal. I left last night. This is very meta. This is very meta. Um, <laughs> you could be listening to yourself right now. I could be listening to myself. How Probably crazy. Probably like two in the morning or something. But uh, <laughs> I know. Head, my I'm, head's exploding. Mine is, too. Um, anyway, whether you listen to the show live or you listen later via podcast, thanks so much for listening. If you haven't already, consider subscribing. Uh, if you try to call into the show live, I mean, Eric will answer. I wouldn't be surprised if mom calls you, uh, to say hi to you. She'll probably call and see if I'm lonely. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh my God, she stopped talking. Well, that's because she's not here, Eric. <laughs> um, Which but, I always appreciate hearing from oh, Joan. So, she's, yeah. She adores you. I'm not lonely. Uh, I'm probably busy, but I'd, nevertheless, I'm happy to take time out to talk to her anytime. You're so sweet. Uh, but you could text or leave a voicemail for me at 475-999-2726. Um, so... My conversations and observations for the past week basically was, holy cow, I'm going to Portugal. I need to pack. (laughs) So there really isn't much there. So instead, uh, JD and I were discussing all of the really important things that are happening in life right now. Mm -hmm. And the two hot topics for me, well, really it's one, and I just threw in pumpkin spice lattes because- (laughs) Uh, today I happen to be dressed like what I feel like is like the living embodiment of pumpkin spice latte. The color combo. Yeah. I have like a, a squash orange or pumpkin orange coat on. It is a nice coat. A brown uh, shirt that is like nutmeg and all of those fall color or flavors and white shoes or creamy shoes that are like, it's the little whipped cream or cream cheese frosting. Right. So I feel like I'm a pumpkin spice. I'm a basic white woman wearing my pumpkin spice latte. (laughs) And I don't like to drink them. Well, it does fit with the fall, right? The colors. Sure, sure. Totally planned. Yeah. And and thank you for calling it a a pumpkin spice latte and not a PSL. I don't know where that came from. And I don't know if we're that lazy that we have to just call it that now, PSLs. OMG, LOL. Everything is an acronym. That's just lazy. It is. Do you like them, pumpkin spice lattes? Um, I do. I don't. I don't get excited when you know. I don't count down to whatever day somebody, you know, when they start somewhere. I don't get them all the time. They're pretty high in sugar, and I tend to try to keep that to a minimum if I can. But every once in a while, like on a day like today, really nice day. 
when you're you in know, a pumpkin Chris Fall patch, Day, you know, pumpkin patch, you know, something like that. Sure. <laughs> With a big hat on, a big felt hat, <laughs> exactly. and like an oversized sweater. Exactly, and like you know, corn stalks that are dried out, and you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, on occasion, cute. I do like them. I do like some pumpkin spice stuff, but I think the pumpkin spice. I saw pumpkin spice cereal the other day. Um, pumpkin spice like pop tart kind of things. Um, There's pumpkin spice scented trash bags yes yes like why yeah i mean i, I don't know it, it's well, I, why not <laughs> i don't that's like how quickly are you going through trash bags like that means that although okay i'm gonna go ahead and play devil's advocate with myself i love the fraser fur smell and i would be willing to smell that year round so i guess if you really love pumpkin spice then you're okay with your trash smelling like you threw out a pie you could i mean there there's actually and this is pretty good i don't know if this is mass marketed or if i just had this somewhere that made this but a pumpkin spice cinnamon sugar that you could put like into your coffee or top it on there and just give it just a little hint of it mm. that was pretty good i had that once i can't remember for the life of me where that was but but yeah okay. but P- the whole psl thing is driving me nuts. I'm well, a sports fan, and I hear personal seat license <laughs> for getting, you know, season tickets for something. Well, I I think of PSA, like public service announcement. And see, I think PSA was a former airline, Pacific Southwest Airlines. <laughs> so Look at that association, right? School. Eric, you're a tea drinker. You're not a coffee drinker, right? True. So you're not a pumpkin spice latte gal. No. Nor are you a gal, technically. <laughs> Yeah, corrective. <laughs> corrective. <laughs> well, Thanks for that disclaimer. Well, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. you're a gal, but <laughs> yeah. technically speaking, technically, you still have stubble. So. Right. Do you have a preferred tea, Eric? Yeah, I, I typically like black tea. So, okay, like English breakfast or Scottish okay. breakfast, Earl or Grey, Irish breakfast is all good. So, so, do you reject Earl Grey because those other ones are Irish and? Scottish? No, I I don't I don't reject it, but. Uh, I do like a little bit of milk in my tea, yeah, yeah. and I find that sometimes the uh, the Earl Grey clashes a little bit with the milk. I find that too. Yeah, I find that too. So. Yeah, good good breakfast tea is really nice. That's can't you see like Eric all cozied up in his cardigan sweater, having his tea, and like instead of being in a pumpkin patch, he's on like mm-hmm. some moor in Scotland or well. And the the image that comes to mind is I really want him Eric to have on um, like. Cookie Monster uh, slippers <laughs> while he's having his tea. I don't know why Cookie Monster came to mind, but I don't know. Pumpkin Spice Cookies? Hulk. I don't know. Hulk. Hulk, sure. Hulk. <laughs> he's a fan of like superheroes. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, um, how did we get here? I. This is how it goes with us. Total, uh, you know, just another uh, tangent, but Cookie Monster is in a commercial right now, and it's not for cookies. What's it for? I have no, I can't remember what it's for, but. It, it just, I'm That's like, weird. why? I'll look that up during why the break. I got to find that out. Yeah, why? Yeah. What's he pushing? Like, <laughs> He's and, not pushing cookies. And who makes that money? Like Sesame Street or Cookie? Uh, Sesame Street. Well, I mean, and I've always thought if if anybody needs to be getting Cookie Monster on their side would be the Girl Scouts. Right? There you go. Cookie Monster doing the Girl Scout cookie Or, thing? or hear me out, Cookie Monster attacks the Keebler Elves. <laughs> oh, a, a cookie civil war. <laughs> so. Yeah. What's the um what's the the book that is it where there's the giant and like the little people and they tie up the guy and Oh, you're talking about um Gulliver's Travels. Yes. Yeah. So, they could act it out. 
I, I remembered. It's almond milk. What? What? Exactly. <laughs> That's what I said when I saw that. Almond milk? Why is Cookie is, Monster is Cookie pushing Monster almond milk? He's, he, I mean, he's not even dunking a cookie in it. No. He's just talking to a lady pouring uh, almond milk. Which seems insane. We need to start a petition about that. That's this. weird. That is weird. That's weird. Like, And there were a whole bunch of people somewhere who signed off on that right. idea. Right. Now, I know that he's, you know, decided to, you know, promote vegetables in between. Cookies is a sometimes food, I believe, oh. is what he's saying now. Oh. But still, that doesn't tie into having oh. a big glass of almond milk. Right. And little kids, like, can typically drink. I mean, obviously, if you're lactose intolerant. But it would seem to me, like... Regular cow's milk or what mostly little kids drink, and yeah, they, who knows? We need to contact their marketing. We department. we do, and and you know, there's better ways to go about that. Like give, let Cookie Monster be Cookie Monster and love his cookies, and then introduce the cousin, like Broccoli Monster, right? He's green, or he has a twin brother, right? Twin that's brother like who's separated at birth. Milk Monster, non dairy milk monster. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there's a desperate need <laughs> for him. Wow, yeah. I do like the like. The whole, you could do, like, Ancestry.com, and it turns out that, like, Cookie Monster has a sibling <laughs> that he didn't know about. Yeah, see, we could we could track, we could retcon all of this. Yeah. And and create a great backstory here. But anyway, is that what you wanted to talk about today? Was Well, myself? sort of. We're going to oh. talk about creativity, and this is, in fact, creative. Oh, it is. Uh, okay. But speaking of marketing and backstories and all of that, I did feel that I needed to jump on the bandwagon of talking about trailer. Trailer. You know, Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. No way. Is that what they're being called now? Yeah. Trailer. Trailer. That's that's clever. I mean, right? That's, that's clever. Yeah. Sounds a little too close to trailer trash I know. Uh, for well, my liking if I was part of that Well, yes, celebrity but it couple. is clever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is clever. It, it is. And, yeah. Well- it's probably the, I don't know, now I have to, in my head, I'm going through all the variations. So I'm loving this. This is, uh, before we started uh, the show today, I pulled out the lyrics to her song, You Belong With Me. Okay. And it's like one of her older songs, and it's the one where she's like, you know, in her bedroom, and she's like, you belong with me. Is and that the one where she's trying to get her scarf back? Like no, 10 years later? That's the one about Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Okay. I got so much Taylor Swift oh, info Grace. from Grace this summer. Oh, yeah, like everything this summer was well, a dish girl. Moment. She's the authority. Oh. She's the authority. That it, she's the authority on a lot of things. She and is. Jake Gyllenhaal, he did her dirty. Yeah, not good. Anyway, so what was in this song that you found? This song is like the you know like I I don't remember, and I'm sure Swifties are gonna come after me because I know they're all listening to my show. Not. Um, but she's like, you know, a flute player in the marching band type thing. And he's captain of the football team. Oh. And she's singing about how her neighbor and crush is like, they're really good friends. And, but you're dating like the cheer captain and how she wears short skirts and I wear t-shirts and, you the, know, like. The friend who's left out but has the crush. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's but and then you know it's like the whole thing is like you belong with me. Like I know the music that you like, and I care about you. And like, why don't you see me? Ah. Ouch. And here she is. She is now. 
She is all of it. She wears short skirts and T-shirts. She's in the bleachers, and she's the cheer captain. And she's dating the... And she's dating the football. The football stud, yeah. Right? Interesting. I also think it's funny that Swifties that don't follow football are like, oh my gosh, it is so nice of her to date like this up-and-coming football player. <laughs> he's just he's just <laughs> one of the best ever at his position. <laughs> That's all. Right? That's all. Like, they don't know anything about him. Yeah. Well, it, that's kind of a collision of two massive, distinct cultures, you know. And what, what I f- find interesting about it, and I talked about this on my own show last week. This show is all about you. You can check it out wherever you get your podcast. Absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this is I'm an NFL fan. I enjoy National Football League football. I'm not a fan of the of the company. I don't think they take good care of their players. I think they... They hide behind a lot of their own, a lot of the money they've got. I, I don't think they practice everything as ethically as they could. So I, I always root for the players, right? Mm-hmm. I root in their contract disputes. I root for the millionaires over the billionaires. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that an organization like the NFL that thinks nothing can touch it and it can rule over everything and it can keep everything under control has not only met its match, but has no idea what to do with this powerhouse that is the Taylor Swift phenomenon. I don't think I have ever heard of somebody who is this singularly popular from so many different directions and so many different places. There have been bands, mm-hmm. you know, that have been that popular, but individuals like that, she's the top-selling female artist of all time, mm-hmm. which is really saying something, and she's still got a lot of years to go if she chooses. The very fact that the NFL is the small version, the small partner in right? this big thing Tickles me to no end. And even though I am not a Taylor Swift fan, I'm also not a hater. My knowledge of her is limited to the documentary that was about her not too long ago, which was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of rooting for her on this one. Whatever whatever you do that makes the NFL look like it doesn't really know what to do in a given situation is fine by me. It's, it is just amazing. And like the number of his like jerseys that have now sold. 400,000 plus in the first couple days after her first appearance. Right? 400,000 jerseys. And what I do love is that the whole thing started because he went to see her era's concert Mm -hmm. and he made the comment of like, I mean, she's an attractive woman. They were born in the same year. Like, you know, it's so he made a friendship bracelet with his phone number on it and he was hoping to pass it to her before or after the show Mm -hmm. as kind of like a, hey, girl. And. He's like, oh, man, I was super bummed because apparently she doesn't see people before or after the show. Um, and, you know, he's like, that's cool, but I had a friendship bracelet for her. And naturally, people of catch course. wind of it. And next thing you know is she's having chicken nuggets and seemingly ranch next to his mom. Yeah, and, you know, it's he's got a – he and his brother, Jason, who is also a professional football player. How the about, Eagles. Yeah, one of, a, one of the most popular sports podcasts out there. And so it's not like he isn't known, and it's not like you know he, his personality is it's kind of its own brand. Yep. I mean he's he's brash, he's funny. He and his he and his brother have a great dynamic, um, and he's got a lot of energy, and he's really good at what he does. And so, in some ways, I mean it it makes sense. And I love what he said. He's like, well, you you know you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And, right. And how about Bill uh, Belichick's quote? Like <laughs> he's caught a lot of passes, like. <laughs> Something like, you know, he doesn't want to fumble this one, or I don't know what he said, Mm -hmm. but, like, amazing. And Bill Belichick doesn't make jokes ever. Yeah, like... The dude's like the emperor in Star Wars. (laughs) 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 You will will not pass. 
<laughs> well, um, so I feel like the time has come. You and I have talked about this whole idea of doing a um, either a live streaming show or a podcast or something to like be a sports commentator for people that don't follow sports. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's my time to shine. It kind of is. It kind of is because, and I think those perspectives would be really great because in some ways, I mean, you're talking about two types of fandom Mm -hmm. and fervent to say the very least Mm -hmm. on both sides, depending on with, you know, with obviously with Travis Kelsey, if you're not a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, you may not be a big fan of his. Right. But everybody, I mean, both sides kind of break themselves into teams, right? Quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know, literally in the case of the NFL and not quite so literally in the case of entertainment, like in all those feuds that happen between celebrities, which I roll my eyes at most of the time. There's always team somebody versus team somebody else. Totally. And the star power. I mean, the fact that she's like, oh, my plus ones are Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. Holy cow. uh, Sophie Turner. And Jake from State Farm. Yeah. Which it turns out, I think that was like a bit that that, uh, Ryan Reynolds was organizing. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds about right. Uh, Right. Well, and I've, I've thought too that Ryan Reynolds is there particularly to pitch, hey, why don't you and Travis come over to Wales and hang out with the Wrexham right. you know, football team? I mean, that, that to me just screams that. doesn't mean that's exclusively what he was there to do. But that guy is too smart of a businessman, Ryan Reynolds, to not recognize an opportunity like that when he sees it. So he's the embodiment of um, the Albert Einstein quote, um, creativity is intelligence having fun. Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if and have you watched Welcome to Wrexham? Have you? Watched I haven't. It? It's so good. I mean, and it's good from a narrative point of view, a creative point of view, but it's also from a human point of view. It's both funny, and it's certainly he's a funny guy, and Rob McElhaney's also very funny. But it's also they never lose sight of the fact that this is about the town where this team right. is. Right, they care, and, and they tell the story of the town, and they listen to the town, and it's it's actually a really incredible series. I need to watch. Yeah, it. it's very good. Um, but yeah, I like that quote. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 so true. Um, yeah. And we're talking about creativity today, and so oh, um, my Staceyism, I'll I'll share a quote from Steve Jobs. Whatever you think about him, uh, naturally, I'm very drawn to this because he said that creativity is just connecting things, mm. and um, you know, Stacy connects. Hello, it's right. making connections to things and thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. and um you know so if you want to be creative think outside the box i mean heinz did that with their seemingly ranch Mm -hmm. yeah did you hear about that (laughs) yes but i'm like really yeah but you know connecting random things and figuring out you don't always have to monetize on it or you know Mm -hmm. benefit in some way Mm -hmm. uh but i'm constantly looking for ways that i can connect people or ideas or you know whatever it is right well you know with that you know i always think of the story of post-it notes right curiosity on how to mix some things together ends up with an accidental result right they're trying to make a an adhesive yep it's a lot stronger that doesn't work and they think well we failed on this terribly and then you put it on the back of a piece of paper and it won't leave a residue right it'll still stick and that is a multi-billion dollar product as a result so i mean when i think of creativity there has to be curiosity Mm-hmm. with it that's probably the catalyst to start a process and then more curiosity takes it to another step another step they, they're intertwined to me at least yeah they are 
All right, let's take a break here, and then we'll actually come back and talk about our topic today. Do you want a pumpkin spice latte while we're waiting? Um, No, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Do you feel challenged by the thought of getting ready every day? Want to make a great first impression, but don't feel your wardrobe represents who you really are? Does the thought of trying to find great clothing that fits your body and lifestyle have you overwhelmed? Michael Bruce Image Consulting is a premier image consulting company that can help you get your style back on track. Contact them at michaelbruceimageconsulting.com or call them at 425-214-4155 and start that conversation today. Stacy Connects, it's not just my business, it's my superpower. Whether you need the right tone and messaging for a new venture, or you've plateaued with your current one, I can help. I connect clients with themselves and their potential. Then I identify unique solutions that translate your brand into messaging that connects your target audience with your business. Go to stacyconnects.com to connect with me and your messaging. Multicultural, multidimensional even. Alternative Talk 1150. Hey, welcome back to Stacey Connects. My guest today is Dr. J.D. Whittakin. Good to be here. I'm wondering, I've been on this show quite a bit. Am I like the most appeared guest, you know? Okay, do you need your, do you need your eagle scroll? No, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I think you might be. I'm just wondering. Well, because like me, you're like, don't ask me to talk. <laughs> Exactly. I'll talk about anything. Right. Like, put a mic in front of you. Well, and you're I'm like, wondering because it's fun, and we've had a lot of these conversations before. So as I add them up in my head, I'm like, we've had a lot of these conversations yeah. over the duration well, of your show. Well, it's you're just an, you're an easy conversationalist, and um, today the whole idea of uh, the creativity thing came because naturally the thing that you do before you're heading on a trip to Portugal, you don't pack, you don't get the house ready to leave it for over a week, you don't do your laundry or work or do any of the things you're supposed to, you decide to paint a painting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, naturally. they all say. Right? And so this week I've been working on a painting inspired by Joseph Albers, who is an artist who did like um, a whole series of squares. You probably are like, who is she talking about? But trust me, if you look up Joseph and it's spelled J-O-S-E-F, Albers, um, you'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know who that is. So, well, not all the, like, you're you're not the only person uh, listening. I'm an intellectual. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, so, you know, it was like, what is this about? Like, where did, why now? Why did I need to be creative now? And you and I were talking a bit about creativity. You write. You're a writer. You've written a book. You've written a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. Um you are always have some form of creative outlet. Yeah. And so I was like, let's talk about creativity. A, what does it look like? You know, is it written word and painting or is it elsewhere? Where does it come from? And do we make enough room for it in our lives? Oh, wow. Okay. Right? It's a great, great set of ideas to talk about. Thank you. Yeah. Um. Where do you want to start? Well, I let's start with your painting. I mean, what thoughts do you have on why, with your trip coming up, that you felt compelled to do this painting? Do you have thoughts on that connection? I do, but I'd like to hear what you're thinking. Well, 
weirdly. <laughs> um, it's like it's something I can control. Oh. Um, which is like the antithesis of what artists in some ways supposed to be, right? <laughs> um, but it's like I can I can produce something and I'm making something and I'm watching it happen and it's freeing. And it's like I'll get an idea, I'll I'll get a, you know, a bee in my bonnet about like, I need to do this. And it's like I need to do it right then and mm-hmm. I need to figure it out. I mean, Pete is used to like me trudging home with a canvas and he's like, all right, you know, okay. now what's she going to do? And I'm not a constant creator, mm-hmm. but I just all of a sudden will be like, I'm going to do this now. So you're wanting to have a control over something. What is it about the upcoming trip that you feel out of control? Is it is that the relationship that you feel out of control with something having to do with the trip? Like you're getting on a plane, you're not flying it or? Well, I don't know how. Well, right. But some people freak out about flying for that No, reason. I'm not at all freaked out. I don't know. Like, and I, I mean, uh, next week I'm going to have Catherine Gherkin, who's the travel agent that I worked with oh, on Catherine's the trip. Oh, Catherine's great. And the whole thing is all planned out. Um, maybe I just feel out of control in my life in general, and I'm trying to grasp what it is that I want to do and am meant to do. So it may not have anything to do with the trip. It may just be poor timing. Well, I wondered, you know, to flip this in a maybe a, a less self-critical direction, the possibility that you're about to go on a trip somewhere that you're excited to go. Yep. It's a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It's inspiring in its in its uh, vistas, in its art, in its history, its food, its culture. There's an expansiveness that you're about to experience. I wonder if some of this could be like just that expansiveness. You're sort of getting ready. Like, you're Maybe. you're tapping into that and there might be an urgency to like I'm ready to tap into this or I'm going to get creative here because you know I know for me when I'm about to go on a trip somewhere particularly somewhere that's new I start thinking a lot more about writing like I start thinking in in usually you know poems come from that or a short story idea I'm just wondering if it could be that cuz you know it doesn't have to come from as for all the reputations that writers and artists get of like having to, they're working out their neuroses or, you know, these types of things right. in their art. And there's some truth to that in various, in various circumstances and various examples. I do think on some level it's an expression, it can be an expression of excitement or leading in or preparing for something that is going to expand and challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So. Could be. I feel like you're giving me too much credit on this. The other thing is. I tend to, when I'm feeling a block in my work or my life, um, whether it be my emotional life or my working life or whatever, sometimes creativity helps to unblock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think every example we've just talked about so far is viable Mm -hmm. and a use for it and a reason why it exists. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the that's the amazing thing about cur- uh, about creativity, and the curiosity that goes along with it. I think in some ways it's a working of things, working out of things, or working out of something, you know, working through something, working towards something. You can pick a lot of things. Well, I was trying to, uh, you know, how I talk about my stasisms or like white labeling or basically taking someone else's thought and making it my own. You know, like <laughs> pretty much right. Um, not always the case, by the no. way, but um, 
I was trying to full on copy this Joseph Albers painting. And I was like, how hard can this be? It's a square with a bunch of squares inside it. Like four of them. Boom. Mm -hmm. Easy. Um, Totally messed it up. Harder than you thought. Way harder than I thought. And I was like, oh, man, now I mismeasured and like each of the boxes and trying to get it right and the whole thing. And so then I had to go rogue. And so coming up with the colors and the relationship between the colors and what I was going to do, it was an interesting problem, air quotes, uh, to have like, well, I can't go based on what he did because now I've got an extra square and what am I going to mm-hmm. do? Um, and so it's like it unlocked or it gave me permission to be creative. And then it's like the universe stepped in and said, like, no, like you can do this. And so I'm having to pivot. Do you like the directions going in more than the original idea? I do. I mean, I love his original painting. Sure. Um, I have one last area to fill in. I have to wait for the paint to be dry on the two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all comes down to this last color. Okay. So I'm hoping that I get a chance, uh, that I had a chance to finish it before I left for Portugal. <laughs> so weird. Um, in which case, I'll I'll share it. Um, sure. But yeah, so... That's kind of an interesting thing, like, you know, when you're feeling creative. Like, do you have a certain time? I mean, poetry, you're such a writer. Mm -hmm. So is it like, I am overcome with love for this Krispy Kreme donut. I must write a haiku. (laughs) No. No. Um, In fact, I just wrote about this um, in the kind of the afterward, I guess, of a of a poetry and photography book that I put together with a friend of mine that we're going to be self-releasing pretty soon. And I wrote about there on the, about my process. It's, it's things come to me in images. It can be something I'm seeing in front of me. It can be a memory of something. It could be a, a a feeling or a thought or something like that, but it produces an image in my head. And usually when I sense that process, something will come with it, like a phrase or a turn of something or an idea. And I will jot it down. And it doesn't necessarily mean right from that moment I'm going to start writing a poem. It has meant that before mm-hmm. where I've had, a th- you know, something like that pop up, a turn of phrase, and I put it down. Then all of a sudden I connect with the image or the, you know, sensibility mm-hmm. that's coming and I just flow with it. And my, I never, every time I sit down to write, quote unquote, write a poem, nothing happens. Now, when I sit down to work on my book, stuff happens. So, which is. Which is sort of leading into the whole, like, next question about, like, creativity and what it looks like. But it's fascinating to me because the way I experience creativity, it's bursts, like what you're Mm -hmm. talking about with the poems, right? Mm -hmm. And that all of a sudden it's like, I have to get this out. Like, I need to do this. I have a lot of other things I need to do, but this is what I'm doing right now. And so writing a book, even one that has got a lot of... Uh, fact in it mm-hmm. like that's a creative commitment which to mm-hmm. me are sort of oxymorons mm-hmm. I can see that um, the way I experienced it was I knew, I had an overall arc 
of a story that I wanted to tell that I thought would be interesting. The creativity for me was experiencing the process of having every chapter of this book end differently than I anticipated. Yeah. And as more of those chapters were written and the characters built up and developed their personalities and their dynamics, it was almost like they started telling the story because there were only, the story narrowed in possibility because, well, in chapter 19, this character would not do anything mm-hmm. like they were doing in chapter three because they've grown or the, the association of the reader with the character would say that's not believable. And it kind of takes on momentum of its own. But for me, my writing is always working something out along with the story. And so the creative piece was just in some ways being surprised and inspired by what would happen as the, as the writing went along. I had a general sense of where it was going and it ended kind of the way I envisioned, but everything else along the way was different. And that discovery just kept feeding it, right? Kept feeding it. And there is a certain momentum after a while in writing narrative where the story is just picking up, picking up, picking up. It took me three years to write the draft of my novel, Trello's Inferno. And it's 27 chapters. They're pretty long chapters, but 27 chapters. The first uh, 21 took me two years and nine months. The last six took me six weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it just took off, right? And that got to the point where it wasn't like I was burning the candle at both ends at the latter. You know, I was spending about the same amount of time. But it just, all of a sudden, I kept speeding up. Story's almost done. Story's almost done. Kind of telling itself. Going through the end. Yeah, it's just it's, its own thing. And I think, um, depending on the medium, depending on what the motivation is, depending on what the purpose of it is, I think it's always different. You know? I was just going to say, it reminds me, um, on my website, I have my blogs. Mm-hmm. And at the top of it, the heading is, I can't wait to read what I think. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a great line. And I feel like if you're somebody that's creative, you may go in with an intent to do something. But like the characters and the story mm-hmm. as it developed, you know, it's like, well, that zigged when I thought it was going to zag. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like the painting, I went in with one vision and it's gone sideways and mm-hmm. had to switch it up. Um, and I think about where creativity shows up besides in just the arts. You know, um, when I was growing up, my dad, he was, uh, his hobby was photography. He was an amazing photographer. And my parents collected a lot of art. So their house, lots of things going on. And, and people would say like, oh, you know, you're so creative. And my mom would often deflect and say, you know, oh, no, I'm not, you know, John's creative or whatever. However, having an eye to put things together in an interesting way, you know, setting a table, um, Mm -hmm. being a scientist, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, sort of goes back to the um, Albert Einstein quote about, you know, that intelligence, um, having fun, and and the trial and trial and error. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it shows up in so many things. Yeah, and starts in curiosity again, you know. Trying to figure out, you know, if you're Benjamin Franklin, electricity, curiosity, how do I measure that? Put a kite down. (laughs) Right. That's a a creative endeavor. And that goes to the Steve Jobs quote about, like, it's just connecting things. And he was connecting things. I mean, Ben Franklin, I asked you before, 
we were going to go on air, I was like, is he problematic? Like, has he been canceled? Am I allowed <laughs> to talk about him? Because He's some a- of his quotes oh, genius. are like crazy genius. Um, One of the most quotable historical figures of all time. Oh, I mean, clearly a character. Mm-hmm. Um, prolific in his writing. Prolific in his inventions. Like, crazy. Prolif- prolific in his personal life. <laughs> yes, I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Very, very, um, yeah, he, he enjoyed himself in life, let's put it that way. Good for him. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and it's, it's, that's all true. And I think the whole thing of, of connecting things together, I think I would, I'd go a step further with it and say connecting things that a lot of people don't necessarily think can go together, mm-hmm. you know, or connecting things in ways that haven't been done before, haven't, or you just don't think because we get, we get caught in the grooves of how certain things should go or how they're supposed to go or whatever. And kind of mixing that up a little bit, you know, stories that, that go against the, the standard narrative flow can stand out mm-hmm. for that reason. Or what makes an invention an invention that changes things? Probably it's putting some things together in a way that hasn't been done before, you know, um, that creates something brand new. It's like um, Ryan Reynolds and his uh, maximum effort um, campaigns and ads. Like he has mm-hmm. this ad agency and for his aviation gin. Yeah. His ads are so creative, like coming up with cocktails like the vasectomy and like, you know, doing it on the air and like, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, in the ad and, and talking about these things. It makes you pay attention and it's different and you're connecting things like you wouldn't have thought about a gin drink and like a vasectomy. Um, but, you know, you're suddenly like, now I remember. And if it's creatively framed... In a way that people can relate to, they can connect to it. Yes. I sometimes think that creativity is, the, the most successful forms of it are the ones that somehow, maybe without intending to, tap into the commonalities of emotional language mm-hmm. that we all have as human beings that, that in, in a way that we either, that, rese- that resonates or that we haven't seen before. I think that's the power of Welcome to Wrexham, for example. It's, mm-hmm. We've had plenty of stories out there about soccer teams and stuff like that, but not quite like this. And that's about everything from the writing of the story to how it's put together, how it's filmed, mm-hmm. how it's edited, the music you play with it. I mean, music is so emotive in a creative process and and by itself. I mean, I think of popular music, there's only a handful of chords you can play, right? In a handful of keys. Right. And yet, you put together those combinations in a number of ways, you have infinite numbers of possibilities. That will never stop. Right. So you can have those limits and you can have those things, but those are in some ways the things that kind of bind us together. And it's those new expressions mm-hmm. of that. I mean, even going back to Taylor Swift, what has she tapped into that is so universal in such a way for this time and place that it just harmonizes with literally millions of people's experiences? I mean, what girl has not been in her preteen, teen years that had a crush on the obvious cute boy yeah. and was like, oh my gosh, sh- you know, that girl that you're going out with is trash. You should totally notice me. Mm-hmm. I'm amazing. I would love you. Mm-hmm. And she taps into all of those feelings that for Swifties, it's like, you see me, you've heard me. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not always nice. Sometimes you're a bully. Like, you're bitter about how that relationship ended. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're out for blood. People connect with her with her vibe the way like 
in our generation, we were teenagers, we connected with John Hughes films. Yes. You know, all of those about teenage angst and love and confusion and alienation yep. and, and fear and is this all there is, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and I think that's, what, that's why we keep doing that. I also think on some level creativity is about expanding out what we're capable of doing and better coming to terms with ourself and the life that we live in. I think it's a, a hardwired part of who we are. Well, I do want to talk about that whole topic in a minute before we get there. Yeah. What are some of the most creative, surprisingly, surprising places that you've witnessed creativity? Surprising places? Yeah. Oh, um, that's a really good question. I may have to think on that a little bit. But um, one that comes to mind is I'm, I'm about to head down to Las Vegas to go see you two at the Sphere. Yeah, you knew Whatever. I was going to bring them up. I know. I'm like Now, the Sphere is going to be, and everybody's talking about it, is this groundbreaking thing. It's kind of, everybody's saying it's going to change the game on all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Las Vegas is not the place I think of creativity. I don't think of Vegas as a, as a place. I don't think when, you know, when people go to Vegas, they're not like, I'm going to go to the art gallery at the Venetian. <laughs> there happens to be there, right? It's like you can go look at it, but it's part of being in the casino and the culture. Right. I don't think of that, but that is going to be a, you know, that's technological creativity and putting it together with the science of visuals and sound and design of a place that's going to you know, have perfect acoustics. Las Vegas is not a place I think of. So that, that's one, something like that. But I haven't experienced that yet. Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know how that's going to enhance the music of the band that's playing. Um, I have found recently that the creativity you can find in elementary school classrooms. It's crazy. It is crazy. If you really stop to think about it and don't measure the drawing against what an adult would put together who knows how to paint or, right, right. you know, or a, there's, there's so much there. There's that rawness and the open curiosity and not just open curiosity, but enthusiasm in some oh, cases. Yeah. And then I have, a, I have a really good friend who works in, um, does emotional intelligence work with kids and the expression they can have, even kids working through trauma. Mm -hmm. The creativity that can come from that can be incredibly raw and revealing and not only helpful for that child, but helpful for studies about how to help kids work sure. through those things. So it's usually in the places that we look the least. The other thing that I noticed not too long ago, I was in, where was I? I was on a recent trip somewhere. I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where I was. Wow. I know. Random, random place to say where you've been. And I was going through a part of town, and, and I saw this also in Toronto recently, the graffiti. I literally was just about to say that. You took my thing. Yeah, the graffiti. Um, the, the, if, if, you, if you really stop. It's art. And pause. There are some amazing artists out there who are not getting any credit or credibility or notoriety at least in the pub, the larger right. public. Right. I mean, Banksy does, but there's like, some, yeah, there's some amazing. I stuff literally out there. was like, "Hurry up and stop talking," because I want to share mine. <laughs> <laughs> trying to fill up the hour here. No, I mean, uh, but I was in New York, 
And I took pictures. And what's interesting is that when we were in Florence, I took a lot of pictures of the street art because they did creative things with like the street signs and that kind of thing. Uh, But in New York this time, I was especially struck by the graffiti and the street art. And Mm -hmm. so that was something. And then uh, the other place for me is I had dinner with uh, Annie recently. And hearing her talk about how she teaches her kids, she works with the kids that are special needs that have graduated from high school. And uh, kids in the state of Washington are given resources and support up to the age of 21. So she's working with them in that transition program. And so the creative ways that she is approaching uh, how to engage these kids prepare them for their next step in life um, to introduce them to things. Uh, I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's amazing stuff. I keep, there's a, I think it's in London. There's a building there that has a mural on the side of it that looks like somebody it's three dimensional and how it's designed. And it looks like someone's unzipping from the top of the building onto the down and climbing out and their leg looks like it's coming right at you the way it's done it's, oh, it's cool. three, and it's just stuff like that i i love what that type of thing does for urban spaces that can yeah. decidedly look pretty plain you know and what is what's behind that what does it mean we all have those debates too right what does it all mean mm-hmm. what somebody reads in a poem that i write might be very different from what i saw or might be different from what another person saw and so there's always that yeah. As well, right? I, I think we can get caught up in intent rather than the, sometimes the reaction or the emotion or the feeling is the point. Reminds right. us we're alive. Right. 100%. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take a break here because I do want to talk about um, how much space we allow for creativity in our lives. And sure. you had hinted at that uh, yeah. before. So let's take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk more. It'll be creative. Do you feel like you're stuck in a style rut? If so, take the first step on your journey and go to michaelbruceimageconsulting.com. Fill out their simple personal style assessment and schedule a complimentary, no obligation, 20-minute style consultation. Let the experts help you gain some perspective on your style challenges. Stacy Heller is many things, entertaining yet enlightening. She's a talk show host channeling her inner Fallon. Like Winston Wolf, she's a fixer who gets things done with style. Practical, like Dr. Ruth. Stacy isn't afraid of the uncomfortable when searching for answers. She's your biggest fan and sees your potential before you do. Most of all, Stacy Heller is a synapse who can connect impulses and ideas about your business and yourself into possibility. To connect with Stacy, go to StacyConnects.com. Stacy Connects, it's her superpower. Alternative Talk 1150. Okay, we're back. So we're talking about creativity. Uh, my guest today is J.D. Winnikin. So uh, we don't have a ton of time left. However, 
one of the things that uh, we started to talk about is, so if creativity shows up everywhere, Mm -hmm. how much room do we give it? So for instance, you know, your work, what you do to make money and pay the bills is not the writing piece. Right. Uh, For me, you know, painting, I'm not an artist by trade or profession. So those are creative outlets. Um, How much do you think we allow for that creative, most people allow for that creative outlet? Well, I don't know if there is like a a, a percentage that's a sweet spot for everybody. Uh, I know for me, I've learned that to not allow it or not take time for it is going to have a cost where I'm just not going to feel as connected, inspired, focused in any part of my life. Mm -hmm. To me, engaging in my creative pursuits helps me when I'm not in my creative pursuits show up better for my relationships, show up better in my job, show up better for my own Mm self-care. You know, when I'm more creative, I'm much more focused on and connected to the need to take care of myself, for example. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually a pretty vital part of our overall health. So we could ask the same question about, you know, how much time do we allow for exercise or do we allow for cooking our own meals as opposed to going out, you know, that type of thing. I don't think there's one right answer, but what I do think is we all are creative in the sense that we might, we want to solve problems. We have opinions. We have ideas of what we think should be done in various arenas. So we're engaged in something that requires creativity all the time. I think it's, to me, it's a question of if you don't know what your create, what your creativity is, Finding something that is an outlet to express that, that opens that up, is the proof. It's not so much the product. Mm -hmm. It's that process. And what does that give you? Do you have more ease in your life? Do you feel calmer, more introspective? Are people going, wow, you're a lot more agreeable lately, or you've seen much happier lately? What are those things? And honestly, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, I've got a good friend who recently discovered needlepoint. And she is the most non-needlepoint person you could imagine she's she make me a belt she probably could but i mean if she loves it because she is a very very active mind that's going a lot of different directions and the needlepoint brings her right to this point of focus and she loves being in that space and she finishes stuff and moves on to the next thing i have an idea okay so phil's photographs yeah have that put onto a needlepoint canvas and then she could needlepoint something that's all the colors now i say that because my grandfather used to paint uh the canvas or whatever they're called um for my grandmother and she would needlepoint and he had done his paintings with all the different colors that's really cool right that's really cool yeah that's a perfect example of being creative Uh you talked about the book that you're doing with phil and the poems and then your friend and the needlepoint and ways to connect things in unexpected ways yeah phil phil dot phil dot art to see his photography and Stacy saw it a little bit. It's it's incredible. Stunning. It is. Um, yeah, those types of things. Because look at what happened. Your whole body language. You got excited. Oh, my tail back. I was like, ah. You got excited. You got engaged. And that leads to more enjoyment and a more better sense of place and awareness of where we are. That's a value. You know, as much as I want to get my book published and get it out there because I think it's a good story. If that's the only reason I'm writing, it's going to fall flat. Right. It gives me so much more of these things that cannot be measured by the amount of money I make off of it. And I don't think we can do that to ourselves and tie it to that. Because otherwise, we're never going to be satisfied no matter how much 
comes out of that. Right. Well, and the more we, you know, even if you're somebody who is concrete, sequential, linear, you know, taking um, a creative approach to your problem solving, it unblocks you. It does. Like, it is like, it's like a a thinking enema. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a cleanser. Right? It's a, it's a cleanser. Like, it's a release. And like you're like I'm unblocked, and now suddenly I, I can take in more, yeah, and process it and think about things in a different way. Yeah, the the best creative processes are the ones that are integrated with feeling, the intellectual, the mind, and the body. Those are the best kind because that's how we operate at our best, is an integrated, whole like that. And for me, that comes out more in writing. Mm-hmm. Than anything else. For other people, it comes out in painting. Other people, it comes out in photography and you know digital graphics. It's it's there for everybody. It's just a matter of being aware of it, allowing it, trying it out. Yep. And and enjoying the accidental discoveries when they happen. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Um, you're such an interesting guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, if people are interested in knowing more about the various things that you do, yeah. could you share how they can connect and what you have to offer. Yeah, if you want to see a little bit of my writing, you can check out my website, wordsbyjdk.com. Also, I'll be putting some things there in some other locations soon of this this collaborative project where my poetry has been paired with the, the photography art of my good friend Phil McCoy. That's going to be coming out soon, and you can check him out at phil, phil.art, I believe, or philm.art. Um, and I've got... My show, This Show is All About You, is going to be coming to an end in a few weeks, but I do a podcast with my friend Tani Santabria around uh, human potential development, um, emotional intelligence. It's called Breaking Up With Our BS. And we have another new show that's on its way. I'm going to save for more about that, but it's going to be about focusing on resilience. How do we develop it? What do we do with it? How do we know if we've got it? And we'll be putting up some writing and things like that. So you can check that out um, also at wordsbyjdk.com. That's probably the best place to go for writing. I like that. Yeah. I mean, and uh, I would say resilience, you need to have resilience to keep being creative because you can't create for others. Mm-hmm. You have to create for yourself. And then that creativity reinforces it. Exactly. Yep. Gosh, we're so smart. So deep. Ugh. All right. Well, on that note, uh, hey, I'm in Portugal, remember? And next week, my guest will be Catherine Gherkin of uh, uh, Gherkin Getaways. Thank you, JD. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Eric. I hope you enjoyed talking to my mother today. And um, <laughs> I'll see everybody back whenever that is. A couple weeks from now. Yeah, what he said.